This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Uh, welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Thanks to Harlan Hogan's VoiceOver Essentials, the home of the Porterbooth Pro and Rode Microphones. We're joined by Sharon Doolan, VoiceOver Talent and uh, founder of Zigit. Uh, but this week we're just talking a, a quick bite from a couple of questions that Robbo got. Yeah. Uh, from a couple of listeners, and uh, basically about deliverables. Yeah, so hello to uh, Bob Leadham and Rachel Roberts, who both wrote to us separately, one asking about ways of delivering completed voiceover uh, digitally, and the other one asking about levels and uh, whether we should be compressing, EQing, blah, blah, when we deliver, and what level should I deliver at. So uh, I thought they were both nicely tied into the one uh, subject so we could do a little quick bite on it. Yeah, cool. Well, I, I can start off by saying that um, I deliver via Hightail and I deliver my levels at minus 3 dB. Yeah, which for me is about perfect. Simple as that. Yeah. And I do exactly the same as far as minus 3 dB. However, I deliver via Dropbox and I email the link to the client. And if I'm working with the client several times throughout the the course of the month, they have their own folder. So the files go into that folder and they can access those files whenever they want. Cool. Yeah. uh, It's it's a good way of doing it. I do do that with my clients or their their work is broken down in Dropbox. So they basically go, the folders go year, month, uh, and then everything for that month from that year is obviously in that folder so they can go back. Mm. Um, and I usually yep. clean it out at the end of each year, but um, I find that the good way to work. And if you've got mm. lots of time in your hand, um, use WeTransfer. Yeah, right. Yeah. Why, why mm. lots of time? Yeah. Because it always takes forever. Times. It does seem to take yeah. for a while. Absolutely. Whenever I'm sending files and WeTransfer, I just sit here watching the clock. You know, It's yeah. like, come on. What I use is we had um, someone sort of take our website and create a little private client section and so we it's basically an FTP back end and then you can create a folder for a job and then put whatever it is that mm. needs to go in there the nice thing about that for us is that it's right at the office so it uploads extremely quickly which is a slight benefit um, yeah. we do have to you know keep our systems up yeah. um, and available so that's a little bit different but I think that's like a different side of the, the story in, in the sense that you know you guys are delivering to clients we're probably actually receiving the stuff from you actually more mm. often and then we're posting for our clients to yeah. review well the other yeah. one that occurs to me f- for source elements point of view though Robert would be the queue manager on source connect now I know that's a bit different in terms of the session that we're talking about, we're talking about a live remote session. But, right. I mean, you can fill in the details, but effectively I'm getting top-end quality without having to do a thing, right? Right. So so the difference would be if you're not doing a like a session where at least it's um, you know being monitored by your clients and they're giving you direction or a remotely directed session, but ideally they're at a studio, they're hired an engineer, or they're working with an engineer where they're recording you directly. And if that's being done over Source Connect, one of the features is called the Queue Manager or specifically the Auto Restore and Auto Replace feature. So the Queue Manager, essentially what it does is it looks at all the files that the engineer records. And if there's a like a dropout because the internet has a problem for a moment, then that's not really an issue. Essentially, once the recording is done, the Queue Manager goes back over to the talent system, gets the missing chunk of audio, puts it right back where it belongs. And so the recording is guaranteed to be good, even if 
there's some event that happens in the real-time stream. Mm. But the advantage is that you essentially get like a live, directly recorded session. So you don't have to, as the talent, record everything, keep it in separate takes. Am I going to cut out all my breaths? How am I going to deliver it? All those things. You're just in a, in a studio, except you're remotely connected to the studio. But you have all this, the session flows pretty much the same as, as if you go to the studio for, to do a session. Yeah. It's no longer on you. But the cool thing from a studio point of view is that I designate when we cook, before we connect, I open the queue manager, I designate my audio folder um, and I can be finished the session and editing and it will still update and it will update everything that I've already edited, right? I don't need to go back and wait for it right. to come down. Uh, actually, funny enough, if you want to talk about deliverables technically, um, this might be a feature of the, of the pro queue manager on, the, on Source Connect <coughs> Pro, but you can export a queue file. Um, and then you could deliver that file over Hightail. And then you could import it into your queue manager and do all the fixes and restorations in a sense locally with a file that wasn't delivered on the fly over the internet. As The, the queue yeah. manager can certainly ask for it and give it. But if you wanted to FedEx or mail that file over, huh. um, it could do it that way too. It doesn't, it doesn't wow. really care as long as it gets the, the missing data, yeah. it knows where to put it. Wow. That's and, so and you're right. You can you can edit with it as you go along, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. you know, if you do the whole session and seven years later decide you want to fix some glitches or upres it, the the other part of it is the um, the re the replace feature. So you can replace the whole recording mm. with the uncompressed audio That's right. instead of the streamed audio, which is compressed. And for a lot of projects, that might not make a difference. You know, typically for um, commercials and things like that. It's always been over a compressed line, you know, ever since ISDN. Mm. So that typically the speed of the project often dictates that no one bothers recollecting the uncompressed audio. But that's actually an option now, and it takes an hours long process where someone would have to download everything and then ear match all the edits. Now that just happens automatically. It just sort of upreses to the uncompressed. That's so cool. As long as it takes a download. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, it's, and it's also like for someone like me, um, I love the key manager idea because one thing that you sweat on is if you're capturing the audio at your place, but there's something goes wrong with that capture. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the session, it's like, can you uh, send over, you know, what you've captured? And you realize that what you've captured stopped halfway through or has some other issue. Recorded the clients by accident on it. Too, <laughs> yes, so yes. Echo, that's always the yep. good one. Captured the wrong microphone. Yeah, that one. Yep. I did a yeah. shocker with a telephone. I had a phone patch, and I, I don't know what I, I'd been playing around with things, and I actually patched the bloody um, phone into the DAW. So oh, we did the whole session. I went played it back just to check it and clean it up, and it's like all I've got is the guy chatting on the phone. It's like, oh, oh my oh. god. <laughs> <laughs> another another thing we do for delivery is we have um, a, a program called Source Zip, and what it was more made for is uh, imagine you have a big. Pro Tools file with a lot of voice takes. Maybe you've recorded a bunch of actors and you need someone to do a lot of editing. So you can take that whole Pro Tools session and uh, crunch it down to be 10 times smaller. And I don't know if you're aware about how uh, particularly Pro Tools, but most workstations work, is that there's a file that relates to all the other audio files. Mm -hmm. So you've now compressed all those audio files, made the whole package 10 times smaller, deliver it to some dialogue editor or someone you're working with. They open up the Pro Tools session and they start editing all the dialogue. And when they're done, 
They only return back to you the Pro Tools file, but not all the audio. You open that Pro Tools file up and you have all their edits and it relates right back to your original uncompressed audios, not the one, not the yeah. sort of proxy compressed file that you delivered to that engineer to work on things. That's cool. So that's wow. a, that's another one that kind of deals with, and it has an uncompressed option, it has a, a Apple lossless compression, which that only does about four times less. But you know, sometimes if you're delivering a lot of takes or like some super long medical script, it sometimes can help to mm. not have a gigabyte size file and still keep the quality. So you could use that with any sort of session, though. Could you? Could you use that with a twisted wave session, whatever? Yeah, any any audio file. What it what it does is that it compresses the audio down to. Um, we we use MPEG four AAC, mm-hmm. and then on the other side, when you give them the file, it re-expands to whatever the audio file originally was, a wave or an AIFF, at the same, all the same parameters. It has been compressed, right? You don't get that audio back, mm-hmm. but it presents the file exactly like it was, including all the metadata. Mm-hmm. And the metadata is where, you know, for instance, Pro Tools is recording its unique file identifiers to know for sure it has the right file for this region on the timeline. So when you're done, Pro Tools doesn't know that this file was compressed and re-expanded. Mm. It thinks it's the same WAV file. Mm. You do your work and you return back any new files you create and the session file, but you don't have to return back all the original files or all the files that you had when you when they were compressed because the sender already has has, has them. them. Yeah, yeah. It's just a proxy. Yeah. So Sharon, very do, clever. You, do you get asked for any weird file formats? No, not really. Uh, it's either WAV, MP3, and I'll, depending on what I'm doing, choose whatever version of MP3 it's going to be, you know, high quality or medium quality. Yeah. If someone asks you to, to deliver MP3, do they say, you know, we want 256, blah, blah, whatever, or do they leave that to you? They generally leave that to me. And if I'm doing an audition, I will always do a low-quality MP3. Right. Um, mm. Rather than high-quality anything. And it, is, that, it is interesting. I mean, do you, do you find people using the MP3s for, um, for final records? I, I sometimes get frustrated when I get MP3s from yeah, talent just because it seems oh. like it's not necessary. And no. someone actually had to make that an MP3. It probably wasn't an MP3 yeah. originally. Yeah. So it's like, just give me the original file. Like, That's what I do when I'm working with studios. Absolutely. Give you the, the full quality WAV file. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, because, and I don't, I don't compress it at all. I mean, right, I just kind yeah. of figure you want the raw audio. That's, that's your baby now. Mm. So you put the effects on it. You put the music with it. You, you take literally, as if I'm working in the studio with you here and now, you take that and then you make it your own and you put your own special touches to it. So if I, if I compress it from my end, then what I'm doing is taking away from you that mm. as an opportunity. Like you've got your ear. Say that all again. <laughs> so... Perfect. It Just is. Don't forget to spot on. You must EQ and compress before you <laughs> yeah. send it to Robert. <laughs> or Robo. I, I think, I think oh, that's Robo, right. don't dare. I, I think the reality is, is that part of it is knowing your clients. And so some some talent we speak with, and I believe they're more in promos sometimes or, or other, they're doing other uh, industry things where maybe the audio is just being mixed right out of the editorial system and it's not going to get compressed or EQ'd and no one's going to like it's not going to be a very thoughtful mix. And so they rather pre-process their audio so at least it has a fighting chance. Um, 
And that I think that's the the other angle that we hear from it. And and to really know when that's best, you have to just know your clients, and um, you know, be quick on the bypass switches if if necessary. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there are a number of I can speak for imaging voices out there who deliver three or four different files. They'll deliver unprocessed. They'll deliver compressed, compressed and EQ'd. You know compressed EQ'd and peak limited, I don't know, whatever they do, but to give, because, because, and it's more in the States because, I mean, here in radio, we're blessed with producers for just about every show plus a station imaging guy, whereas in the States, that's the complete opposite. There's one guy that does breakfast drive nights plus the station stuff, plus commercials, plus everything. So they, they sort of like to give them the choice, but at least they've got the choice. Um, I... (laughs) Yeah, that guy's doing too much to bother to choose. That's right. Please, <laughs> please, like, please, however, don't send don't me a compressed me, and EQ'd yeah. file because I'll be sending it back going, can you do this again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you take it off? Yeah, can yeah. you just take it off? That's right. Can you step yeah, back? Uncompress it. That's right. How do you do that? So anyway, yeah. so um, so I guess that hopefully that answers those questions. Um, minus three, I think, is a perfect peak level. How about you, Robert? You Would you be happy with that? I, I think I think uh, minus three is perfectly fine. I I, I wouldn't strive for minus three. Mm-hmm. If you hit minus six, if you even peak out at minus twelve, I would say it's more important that you record twenty four bit. Don't yeah. don't don't give a sixteen bit file, especially if you're gonna maybe be more shy with the level, which would be less stressful. It's like I would be twenty four bit file peaking at minus twelve, plenty of resolution, not yeah. a problem. I can add gain to that if necessary and. Yeah. Um, it's better not to peek them out and hit the top. I would go with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's we're not in the days of tape where there's a you know a noise floor to worry about or whatever else. And there's oh, your mathematical peaks, equation that you've blessed us with once before, Robert, which I always forget when I try to tell people about it. But. I, I can give it to you very very easily. Yeah. So it's uh, six decibels per bit, right? And therefore, sixteen bit recording 96, and peeking 96. out at minus forty eight, like way down there on the meter yeah. is the same resolution as full resolution 16-bit. Wow. That's right. Yeah, that's the one. I, I, I believe that's, so it's, that's so literally it's, what it is. So it's 6dB per bit. Is that right? Per bit. Okay. Yes, that's that's the noise floor that, that you can describe with one bit of audio. Yeah. So okay. So when you say... Or 16-bit is 96. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and 24-bits, um, 120... Whatever, 140. 144. Something. Yeah. <laughs> 144. Yeah. Wow. 24 <laughs> bit is um is is 144. So if you subtract the 144 from the 96 of 16 bit, you get 48, and then that's your. Uh, I'm pretty sure that is, yeah. See, Calculator. Now, now you have to cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm won't. listening to the audio Einsteins. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, they, well, I get effectively what Robert I mean, is it's saying. Minus is, 48 is that leaves you, you. Yeah. Yeah. You can effectively record. Is if you're recording at 24 bit, you can effectively have your peaks at a ridiculously low level where you would never record it, and it's still just as clean at, when you crank it up as it would be with a. Yeah, it'd be just as clean as sixteen bit. Sixteen bit recording, yeah, perfectly up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. But what about uh, what about um, self noise and stuff? Would that be brought up with that, or or not? Well, if if your microphone performs particularly poorly at a low setting, um, you know, it's like you can still screw up your gain stage and have like the microphone 
if like you have one of those mic preamps that has an input and an output knob and you crank the input and drop the output, you can still do stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was one, a one knob mic preamp. And if you're just a little bit low, I wouldn't expect anyone to actually record at minus 48. Please but don't. <laughs> that's all. That's, that's yeah. way down there. Yeah. Like that's like pretty much off of most meters. Like you don't even see it. Would you even hear mm. that on your headphones? Let's be honest. I don't think you would, would you? It'd be low. I wouldn't, for I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sharon, how's your hearing after all these the years? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enjoying it's, it. <laughs> it's like the biggest point is this, is this that the, the, the 24-bit systems have so much resolution and it's so much easier to turn something up than it is to undistort it. That's right. The, yeah, yeah. It's just the way to go. Yeah, is yeah. To be, be more conservative about it. Great tip. If, if you're not sure, there you go. Now, what about peaks? That was my question. So, if you see peaks in the waveform, do you mm-hmm. pull those down before you normalized and minus three? Oh, you so mean if you were, basically? Uh, you mean well, in it's the manually fine, in compressing, a mix? I guess, in a mix or manually limiting, isn't it? Yeah, I would just do so it with them in a mix, though. Leveling. I would, so yeah. you're talking about leveling almost? Yeah. Uh, so if I, I see a couple it. of peaks in there before I actually normalize, I'd just reduce those peaks so at least you don't have. Mm. The the peaks at minus three and everything else sitting down there at um, you know minus eight or nine. If it's or if it's mm. like a mouth Oof. click or something, I would probably just take it out. If it's part of the read, mm. I would maybe just leave it. I mean, I would. But it's. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a mouth click that's basically effectively louder. If you're if you're normalizing the whole thing, then yeah. you're just raising everything up by relative levels. So mm. if you see a peak that is the loudest thing that you don't want it to be the loudest thing, then reduce that thing. But if not, you're just normalizing for, you're taking your loudest event and making it minus three. Yeah. So it shouldn't matter, actually, That's to right. level those things out. Um, because they only come up as much as your peak will tell it to come up. Yeah, I, I, I will actually usually, if there's some huge peak, I'll reduce it before I normalize. Mm. What, mm. what would be in it? Just like a performance thing? Like you just... Yeah, well, you know what, some words or, you know, um, some sounds that you make mm. seem to peak. for no. They don't sound louder, but they look louder on, on the um, waveform. Got more energy. I'll agree with that. And sometimes yeah. I'll go back and actually just re-record that mm. so yeah. that I, I lose that where it, where it peaks out and flattens. Yeah. I will, I will just go and do that again. I don't want to send that out. But I usually yeah, record so low flattens, I don't get so. that anyway. Yeah. I, I, well, I would never get a peak that would be I mean, flat. I mean, Andrew, you're talking about more peaks in your performance. Like you just have a word that's loud or maybe you leaned into the mic too close at some point and you're trying to undo that a little bit or level out your performance, it sounds like. Yeah, it's probably more the actual sound of that word or that, you know, that syllable. Syllable, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and even when you reduce the peak in that syllable, it doesn't drop, it doesn't appear to drop in level. As right, because it could audio. it could be the peak could be a bunch of low frequency energy that you're not hearing. Like, correct. If yep. you pop a P, you can yep. make it look pretty big, but then the P itself is just a yep. thing. <laughs> nice. Anyway, just to, that's what I do. Yeah. Well, I think we've answered those questions. Did we? I do. I we've got half an hour of recording, though. Satisfaction. We've got half an hour of a recording, so hopefully there's something in there for someone. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This show was mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. Edit by Andrew Peters. Using Rode microphones and Source Connect Now. Tech support from George the Tech Whittem. And supported by Harlan Hogan's voiceoveressentials.com. The home of the Portabooth Pro. You're the next